Hello and welcome to The Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Lemuel. And we're doing something different today. Yes. Uh, why don't you tell us what we're doing since this was your idea. My idea was that we should try to introduce ourselves to people listening. I mean, they probably have a very good idea of our interests and where we stand at this point. So many uh, podcasters or celebrities or people who have enough career that you're familiar with them from already. Yep. So, since we're not not comedians and we're not... No, no. I never has been on a late night TV show. I haven't seen a late night TV show in many, many years. I've been in the audience of one. Really? Which one? Well, two. That's your first question. (laughs) I saw the Jay Leno show, whatever iteration of it it was in 1995 Uh on a field trip with my high school and the people on the episode included brett butler of grace under fire who we always call grace butler even though that's not her name (laughs) and jimmy cliff he sang hakuna matata and then i had to tell my mom that he was she was wrong because she told me he was dead he was, in fact, alive. And he was, he was actually there that night, too. Uh-huh. He saw and, him in person. Yes, in person, live. And the Lakers, I think, because I think they just won a thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think they were doing... That sounds like a Tonight Show program, just an odd collection of random yeah, people. Yeah, it was. And I had to be dressed up for it because we really? were too young. Okay, how old um, were you again? I was, it was actually on my 15th birthday. All right. So I was just 15, uh-huh. but I think you had to be 16 to be in the audience, and we ranged from 14 to 18 because it was, a, like I said, a school trip. This thing called Interim, which at one of my high schools, we had a week after or before, maybe before spring break, where you could do something intensively for a week, and the first one that I did was called Hollywood Hiatus. So we flew down to L.A., we went to the uh, the Hollywood uh, Walk of Fame, it smells like pee, <laughs> we went to the Jay Leno show, we went to the Spaghetti Factory after the Jay Leno in show in Hollywood. Did you see any celebrities at the Spaghetti Factory? I did not. Okay. But everybody sang to me, because okay. as I said, it was on my birthday. Uh... And then... We flew back to the Bay Area, and then we proceeded to go see movies for the rest of the week. That was school. <laughs> we saw Kiss the Girls, I remember, was one of the movies that was out. I can't remember what else, but it was like grown-up-ass movies right, that we were exactly. going to see. Yeah. And then I've also seen At Midnight, an episode of At Midnight. When at midnight was a going concern. It, it makes no me longer. sad that it isn't no longer going. I know concern. it was really I enjoyed good. It a lot. Yeah, I drove down to see when the brothers McElroy were on. The brothers McElroy. I was visiting a friend already, and so I only had to go half the distance right. to LA, and then I drove all the way home so that I could work the next day. So the way that this is going to go is I'm going to ask you some questions and effectively interview. It's going to be like Gene Seberg in that French film. I'm going to ask really incompetent questions. Oh, fun. A blank look on my face. And Do I have to tell the truth? Not necessarily. Uh, no. uh, I will probably tell the truth anyway. Because I think our audience won't know the difference if you're telling the truth or not. That's true. So it's dumb to not do that. 
I will say I won't answer a thing if I won't answer a thing, and then I edit, so I will cut right. it out if it's dumb. And to follow John Ford, the great director, when you have the truth and a good story, go with the good story. Good story. Yes, indeed. Okay, so, your name. My name? It's Amity. And it's, is that your given name? It is my given name, <laughs> <All right>. jerk. <laughs> um, yes, my Would you name, care to explain why he just calls me a jerk? Yes, so my name is Amity. It is my given name. And the first words that this gentleman across from me has ever said to me was, is that your given name? But it wasn't the way that you said it now. It was right. in a super condescending way, like I had made it up. Because I wanted to be a unicorn princess with a fancy name. But no, it's what was gifted to me on the day of my birth. Well, somewhere around the day of my birth. I don't think you'd care to tell us what was going to be gifted to you on the day of your birth. Oh, my mom wanted to name me White Fang, Terror of the Orient. Terror of the Orient. With uh, our speech impediment, that name is terrible. Also, that name is terrible. <laughs> yeah. My parents, by way of explanation, did a lot of substances that made them think it might be a good idea to name their baby White Fang Terror of the Orient. I'll let you guys figure out what those substances might have been. This is where the audience uses their creative imagination. <laughs> Amity was in a baby book. Uh, at the at where, was that where the I was first born. name in the baby book? I mean, it might have been, probably not. Because it seems pretty much like we can't go with White Fang, but here's the first name under A. It was. They thought I was a boy. Uh-huh. I was not a boy. They had a boy name. My brother has an average Joe name. What's his name? William. Oh, okay. John. I thought you were going to say Joe. Nope. Because that would be an average William Joe John. William John. Um, which is a family name on both sides, actually. William, my grandmother's name is William, her mm-hmm. first name. She goes by Anne, that's her middle name, but her first name is William. So they had William John picked out, and then I came out. And then they liked the name Victoria, and apologies to anybody whose name is Victoria, that's my middle name. Uh, they thought that Vicky was a diner waitress name, and they didn't want to give me the name Vicky. So this is, once again, they did substances. So no judgment to, I like the name Victoria. Um, I probably would have gone by Tori rather than Vicky. Um, oh, you have I, a sister. I have a, an evil sister named Victoria. <laughs> um, and a diner but, waitress never leaves it, whether it's Victoria or Vicky or Vic. It's oh interesting, but yeah, I probably I would have ended up with right. with Tori as as my choice. Um, as it is, I have a name that doesn't get shortened, can't be shortened. Please don't try and shorten oh, it. Oh, there's all sorts of ways of shortening it. Somebody called me Amsterdam the other day. Like, that's not that shortening ex- it. That's... No, it's not. My name is Frankie. It's long for Frank. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I was tempted at one point to call you Mitty. No, no, and, and this not is good. because my also am. I'm not a verb. <laughs> I just, it's not, it doesn't show Well, that, that would put you, uh, it's, uh, we have a friend, Rami. Yes. And I always uh, joke that she's, you know, Jehovah. I am. So am would be like relating to something. Yeah, she's a they. She's or a they. They are a they. they. Yeah, it's taking a little getting used Guys, to. Guys, we respect everyone's choices right. with pronouns. We are old, old. and so it <laughs> and is I am difficult. Much older. 
to remember. So apologies. We're to old those. and we're both people of the written word. Yes. So using the, the creative use of pronouns. Even not though it's technically right. grammatically correct, right. they drill it into you that it is not. So it's difficult to wrap our head around the they right. singular pronoun. We're not against it. It's no, just absolutely not. something that for 40 plus years, both of us have been told, don't do that. Right. And now we're being told, do it. So we're like, we would love to do that. But it's like one of the things that my mom would do if I had bad table manners would right. be poke me with a fork on the back of my oh. hand. And so that's what I'm afraid is going to happen if I say they about a person. This is now called abuse. Well, we don't need to Going to label that. it. <laughs> um, okay, so that's my name. All right, so do you have any skills or talents that most people don't know about? No, I don't <laughs> think so. Um, well, what would the audience not know about? I know that I'm always told about how lovely your speaking voice is. Oh, I... Okay. Uh, well, okay. Thank you for that compliment. This is what I am learning to do. I will thank you for that compliment. I do not think my speaking voice is lovely, so that's not where I'm going to automatically uh, go. I want to be good at this. I don't know if I am yet, so, you know, that. I bake. I'm, a, I'm an excellent baker. You are an excellent baker. I make a mean cheesecake and also various cookies now, and things. I learned this in a really interesting way. We had a mutual friend mm -hmm. who was a vegan. Mm -hmm. God help her. I spent three days making right. a vegan caramel apple cheesecake. And it was amazing. It was. It was probably the best cheesecake I've ever made, but it took three days. Right. And cost upwards of $100, I think, I helped at the time. This finance the cake. years ago. Uh, I remember. Um, I helped finance the cake, and you made it. You, so. I could have made a reasonably good vegan cheesecake mm -hmm. for less, but like we decided to make caramel with no go animal big or go products. Home. Right. So I had to get arrowroot and all kinds of things. Yes. Yeah, so. And I remember this is around the time that my father passed away. And may, so may I was been, really yeah. eager to help everyone celebrate. Yes, yeah, so. we were big into celebrations, but they didn't do vegan cake, so I had to make one. She had to make one. Yeah. With so her baking bare hands. is probably my secret skill. I don't. It's not that much. Of well, a it's secret. not that secret because everyone eats the results around here. Yeah, because I can't eat all of it. And this also, I think, silly. it was instigated by watching the the British Baking Show. The Great British Baking Show or the Great British Bake Off, depending on right. where you're watching it. Yes, I got just real deep dive. It was also. I had feelings, I still have feelings <laughs> surrounding our current political climate that necessitated diving into large quantities of butter and sugar. <laughs> so that is what I have been doing. I, 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 and I'm pretty good, like even like the decorating right. and stuff that oh, I yes, try, yeah. I did once or twice. I'm pretty good right when I take the stuff off. You have a, hat, a church hat cake. Oh, yes, I made a cake covered in buttercream flowers, and I'd mm -hmm. never made buttercream flowers before, and I was very impressed with the results. Well, what are, what are skills that everyone knows about, aside from baking? I don't think everyone knows anything. Exactly. I, what, uh, I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know well, that I have skills. You, I, I don't know what you would call Okay, I'm going to list some things maybe. for you. Awesome. Pumpkin carving. Oh, yeah. Well, that was a one-time thing. Yeah, but that it's a, another thing where I was like, I'm going to do this weird pumpkin. She picked up a pumpkin. A pumpkin. A pumpkin. A pumpkin the size of a Pekingese. And she picked up this pumpkin, and she began carving, and it was at one of the fabulous Susie Floor. Yes. Uh, she had a Halloween, Halloween party. party with delicious pumpkin martinis. In her rooftop apartment. 
And everyone was given a pumpkin to start working on. And my job was to carve out the innards of the pumpkin. Yes. Because eviscerating things is a skill that I have. Woo-woo! But Amity sat down and one of our mutual friends, Stephanie, was like, from your concentration, it was sitting in your lap, you were working away, and Stephanie turned to me in one of her rare moments of compassion and said, you know, when this goes really bad, we really have to really praise her for this because it doesn't look like she knows what she's about to do. And it didn't, to be honest. Because I was using carving techniques Mm -hmm. and things that I'd seen on various Food Network shows to, like, sculpt the pumpkin rather than just cut out, like, a triangle eyes Which is what everyone else was doing. Right. And so we thought, you know... Uh, and if it hadn't worked and I just carved my way uh, just a hole into the pumpkin, I would have been like, nope, can't do it. Instead, the pumpkin looked awesome. Yeah, I, w- I will insist that you put a picture of that I pumpkin. I will post a picture with, with it. With its sewn together lips, it's kind of gruesome. Well, um, yeah, it was Halloween. It was a Halloween pumpkin. So that's the talent that people, well, I take that off on your list of talents, also as a writer. Uh, I don't do it writer. enough to be... To call it a skill. But it's skilled in that you show very artful word choice. Well, thank you. And I read constantly, so... Yeah, I'm so a good judge. Some, <laughs> some judge. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I am a good writer when I choose to do it. I choose not to do it that often these Unfortunately. days. And um, you're very good at making connections between people. I've seen you work socially really well. And that's a skill that I don't have. It's a skill that I have that is exhausting to use. Yes. I am an introvert. Uh Very much an introvert. But I can, you know, turn it on for a situation and then hide in my room for four days. See, I can only turn it on when I was working retail. And one of my coworkers actually gave me grief about it. It's like, you can turn it on and shut it off. I'm like, well, I have to because I, I don't like doing it. I don't like talking yeah. to people. No, that's probably where mm-hmm. I got it. I started working when I was about 10. Right. And so, yeah. And I've always been customer service forward in a lot of my jobs, or I was for a long time. So, yeah. And you have a degree. I have a degree? Yes. Yes. In... Um, English, yes, creative yeah. writing. Again, you're one of the rare people I've met who's both a words person and a numbers person. Yes, I had a almost uh, equal SAT score. Mm-hmm. And so I went into this college I went to uh, as a math major because they make you choose when you're 18. It's a terrible idea. Um, I cannot program. I cannot do computer programming, which is required for a math major. So I transferred majors and I graduated with a degree in English with a minor in psychology, a minor in linguistics, and a minor in graphic communication. You're still a minor, period. No, I was 23. (laughs) It took me five years to get through college, which is a year too long, unless you're anybody, and then it's about average, I guess. Yeah, no, I was 23 when I graduated. See, but that's one of the things that... But when did you graduate high school? When I was 18. So I went to a four-year school right out of high school. Student loans be damned. I'm making that payment, Navient. (laughs) And, um, yeah, and then just when I, I thought I was going to be a math major. And I was going to be a math teacher because I loved school. And Mm -hmm. then um, 
about three days after I got to college, before classes even started, I realized, oh, I don't love school. I love not home. That means that I can do anything I thing. want. Yeah. It's a totally different thing. But I didn't know because school was the not home that I had had access to. Right, exactly. So then I was like, okay, well, maybe I don't need to be a teacher because it's not that I love being in school so much. It's just that I hate being at home so much. So, And, and then so since we're on this subject too, mm-hmm. um, I'm sure a lot of people who don't know us have picked up on this very odd relationship that we have. So it's how exactly do we know each other? Uh, you came to work at my place of business, mm-hmm. thinking that you knew all of the things. Uh, I worked at Cody's Books after college because Why when, is you're that what everyone says? when you're an English major, working at a bookstore is the perfect thing to do after college. It pays no dollars. It is not the perfect thing to do after college. But how did I know? I didn't know. Um, Cody's Books in Berkeley, I was working there for about six months. Mm, we met in 2004, uh-huh. in about May, I want to say. It's after my birthday. Between May and October, whenever you started. Uh-huh. And I had started working in October the previous year. So I'd been there for about six months, and you got hired on, walking around like you knew all of the things. Well, it was kind of impressive. Meh, debatable. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you stole some of my pancakes and then got mad right. at me well, that there was banana in them. I think that if you're going to have breakfast with a person, or at least... You but sh- we were not having breakfast I together. I saw you eating I breakfast. was having breakfast, and you came in, sat down, and then took a bite of my pancakes. And, and then you rated me for having bananas Which is them. just wrong. And well, I thought you could make better life choices than eating banana pancakes. There were just some things that could be done. But look what's come of it. (laughs) No, you are. For anyone listening, I am not self-absorbed at all. Mm -hmm. No, I am. I'm really having a me too moment over here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm feeling very harassed. So that's how we know each other. Okay, and And that was 2004. It's been many, many, many years, and we've been roommates. And we've been roommates for a very long time. Mm, Like almost, like 12 years. Right. Or 11, something like that. Yeah. It's very interesting. It's fun. I wish we had an anniversary date for what, because it's just been, a, it's very rare that you get to meet someone who is just, you're their friend, but they never lose, you never lose the quality of admiring them. Oh. So, yes, I'm very impressed with you all the time. Well, you really shouldn't be. I'm not impressive. I'm super boring, guys. I'm super boring. She's not super boring. She is an intelligent, very witty, very charming person. So, I'm cutting all this out. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> also a very controlling person. Uh, so that's You don't want so. to learn how to edit? Chop, chop. <laughs> well, anyhow, very quickly before I sort of draw it to a close, um, what are your favorite things? Oh, God. No, 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 just one or two. I don't... What do you like doing? I mean, what makes you happy? Oh, um, okay. It's going to be a super self-serving given mm-hmm. the format of this particular situation. Right. Podcasting. Podcasting is like my favorite thing. Okay. I've been listening to podcasts since I was 27. So and now I'm who do you listen them. to? All, all of them. <laughs> and, well, narrow it down because I know that you have a, a playlist of like, what, 50? 
Oh, that's cute. All right, one hundred and twelve. Well, I think oh, are my current Jesus, really? playlist. I have one hundred and twelve subscriptions to shows mm. that I listen to regularly. Yeah. Now this this does make it difficult for me to talk to you sometimes because every time I'll say, "Do you know?" and you already know because oh, I already you're know that it. much far ahead of me. Because NPR already told me, or maybe right. Gimlet, or Radiotopia. Those are my big three. Oh, and then Maximum Fun shows. Yeah, no, I listen to a lot of podcasts because I work basically by myself. As of the beginning of this month, I am a 100% uh, independent contractor for a number of clients, but that involves me being alone all of the time, and I cannot be alone with my own voice, so I listen to other people talk to me. It's interesting. I think that you have become conversant on so much now, and I think you're also in touch with so many other people's kind of experiences through that. that That's true. Also, mm-hmm. I have this. Here's my gift. Here's my secret gift. Okay. You want to know my secret skill? Your, your secret here's gift, my secret yes. skill. I am an extremely good problem solver, mm-hmm. and I know a little about a lot. So if you ask a question like, I wonder why this happens, mm-hmm. I can run in my head the probabilities of why that happens and say with very clear certainty in my voice, why a thing is or, you know, answer fact questions mm-hmm. that I don't actually know the answers to. And about 90% of the time, I am 100% right. Mm. Um, typically, especially if somebody's relying on that information, if it's not just like a thought experiment we're doing, I will double check and tell somebody that I was not right about a thing. No, you do. The internet will clarify, but I am good at figuring out the how comes and good at faking my way sounding like I know what the fuck I'm talking about. Which is a skill. It is. Absolutely. So, um, in closing, in closing, I would like to um, ask you ten specific questions written by Bernard. Oh no, we're going to do this? Okay. Awesome. (laughs) Bouillon. I feel like I've been practicing for this for like the last 15 years. Yes, exactly. And it is just pretentious enough and pompous mm. enough to be something that I would My ask My part you. is going to be way more goofy. I'm looking forward to it. All right. So, what is your favorite word? Azure. That's an interesting choice. Why? I don't... You don't is know. It, no, no. Is it... Is it I, I, no, this is my <laughs> version of... Because I like the zh sound and in uh-huh. English we don't get a lot of it. And also I like the color. The same reason why I like Mandarin, right? Yes. What is your least favorite word? Moist. <laughs> it's just not what pleasing is to the ear. I now we both watch TV together. Yes, a right? lot of it. A lot of TV. That's sort of the premise of this whole thing. And there's a TV show that we're both fond of, Supergirl. Yes. Mostly because it's a fun show, but also because it's very it referential. Has, <laughs> well, it has a very firm point of view about what this show is going to mean to young women watching. Oh, yeah, no, that's true. Which is what I really like. Mm-hmm. But the lead actress, how would you pronounce her name? Oh, it's it rhymes with it. Yeah. Benoist is how you pronounce it. I And I, I feel bad for her. I refuse to say her name for that reason. She's a lovely woman. Lovely, lovely, sweet person. She seems to have a great sense of humor. But... I hope she gets married and gets rid of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one time you'll accept patriarchy when it gets rid of that. <laughs> All right. Um, what turned you on creative, uh, creatively 
spiritually or emotionally? Podcasting, yo! Okay, there we go. <laughs> what turns you off? Um, bigotry and... Um, what's the word? When you do something, even though you just said that people shouldn't do that thing. Hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. Yes. I'm having trouble word finding. Bigotry and hypocrisy. What is your favorite curse word? Motherfucker. <laughs> no, you have to say it just that way, right? Uh, no, you can say it so many ways. That's right. why I enjoy it so much. Okay. It's funny because I was thinking about that one for myself. Like, what's it my... came up on um, one of my groups today. Was what was yeah. what's your favorite? Um, I, I think the it wasn't necessarily curse word, but it was like um, like uh, ex exhalation. Mm -hmm. Like the, what is your yeah? So and it, that was my answer. Yeah, my as well. favorite when I thought about it was goddamn, and the reason why is that as a religious person, it yeah. still means something to me. Yeah, and. Whereas the other words don't really, you know, but that one's like, wow, that has some weight behind it, right. you know. What sound or noise do you love? Um, you know what sound or noise I love? The, mm. the, you know that tiny, super, super small frog that makes like a weird yeah. squeaky noise? I like that noise. Okay. That's the noise I love. What sound or noise do you hate? Um, alarms. Really? Smoke alarms, fire alarms. Yeah. But no. Like it's just yeah. I won't right. wake up to an alarm. What profession other than your own would you like to attend? The the podcasting? <laughs> no, other than your own. It's, I'm not getting if paid. You're an independent contractor, right? And this is something profession is an odd word. Profession is an odd word. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say pod, still podcaster because I would like to be paid for that. I right. would like that to be my profession. Um if that doesn't count because I'm doing it even though I'm right. an amateur I'm paying to do it. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, probably writer. Yeah. Probably. That's what I thought I was going to do. I was very happy. Or a teacher. A teacher. What would you teach? Just Was it still be math? Or? Anything. I could do math. I could do English. Mm -hmm. I could do science at a certain level. So if you were teaching English, it would be, you know, you'd never read Bartleby? Oh, hell no. I don't. Bartleby's fine. He'd prefer not to. I would also prefer not to. I don't blame him. I'd never read James Joyce, though. Mm. I would really be pushing for people of color. I don't need to read a bunch of dead white dudes. I and, get it. They all hate everything. I've I've read a lot of the dead white dudes. And actually, I have to say, I like... Me too. I have a degree in English. Right. I, I like it. Well, I haven't read all of them. I haven't... I've read almost no Russian authors. I recommend them. I, I do think they're good and worthy, right. but most I've read most of the Western canon, but I haven't, for some reason, I haven't touched the Brothers Karamazov. It's just crime. I, it seems like such a commitment. Yeah. You know, you I do love... Do the Audible or do the right. read. Have of, them read, read to you. That's how you did War and Peace, right? No, no I didn't do War and Peace because that would be a Russian author. That I did... Um, you did uh, Crime and Punishment. You read one of those. I read Crime and Punishment... In high school, but it oh, was okay. an annotated or an edited version. Oh, right. The same way that I haven't really can't I say that I read time in high school to read *Crime and Punishment*. I, I can't say I've really read *Billy Budd* either for that same reason. Oh. But they gave us cut out all the historical chapters. If you cut out all the historical chapters from *Moby Dick*, the the book is twelve chapters long. Yeah, the the story itself is so many digressions. Less than the yeah the rest of it. What profession would you like 
not to do? Oh, um, I don't want to be a doctor. That's, you watch 15 doctor shows. I love are. the idea of it, mm. and I actually don't think I'd be bad at it, right. per se. I like when my mistakes don't kill people. Okay. <laughs> That's a good place to start. That's sort of where I'm at with that. I just would be... I would I would need to take a lot of anti-anxiety medication mm-hmm. to get to the point where I would be um, confident in making decisions that could impact people negatively. Right. So it's just not for That's me. Okay, and finally, it says here, if heaven exists, but I, know, you I can't possibly say that. Does, decided. Yes. Ah. Anyhow, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive? The coast is clear. <laughs> Whatever that would mean at the time, I feel like, yeah. My favorite was actually, I think, Anthony Quinn, when he answered that question, he's like, all is forgiven? Like, yeah, question right. mark. Like, I mean, there's a very serious and sad answer to that question that uh, I'm not going to give, right. but uh, I think the coast is clear. That's <laughs> where I'm going to land on that one. Okay. Uh, I guess, what is your name? My name, name is Lemuel... Gonzalez, Lemuel Caleb Gonzalez. Caleb. Caleb, yes. <laughs> All right. So my questions are not as job interviewee. <laughs> no offense. No, I really felt people should get to know you. You're yeah, too... I'm going to ask you some weirder questions sure. that, um, that will also have people get to know you. Thank God you're not going to ask me what sound I love. It's like, I don't think I should share that. No, I'm that. not going <laughs> to. I didn't have the <laughs> Ew, inappropriate. <laughs> If you didn't have to sleep, what would you do with the extra time? I don't sleep. <laughs> yeah, but you try. Out. You're laying there. You're right. Right. You'll go to sleep. No, what was it again? If what I, would you do with the time? What would I do with the time? I would read. I I used to, we used to live in Richmond. And I worked in Oakland. And there was an hour and a half sometimes uh, spent the bus on sucks. the buses. Right. <laughs> And so I would use that time to read, and I went through so much then. And I regret now that I walked to work about a mile there and a mile back, that I don't have the time to sit and read because I'm writing, because I'm doing other stuff. There's this thing called podcast. Yeah, I know. Also, uh-huh. books on tape. Well, you could put that on your phone, and you could listen on the way. I get to work. Then you could l- listen to the Russian authors. Right. I get to work about an hour ahead of everyone else at mm-hmm. my job. And so a lot of times while I'm upstairs, I have my phone going and I'm playing either old-time radio right. or I'm um, listening to people read short stories by Algernon Blackwood oh, nice. or Arthur Machen or and uh, occasionally Henry James. I heard one get the other you day. Some head- well, get you some headphones right. and you can listen to whole books. Right. Well, I mean, not while I'm doing my job. I'm a dispatcher, no, so I, I can't really do No, but during that hour right. and during your walk. Yeah, that would really be good. I guess, yeah, you are a man. Mm-hmm. And so can walk down the street unmolested? I can't imagine walking down the street without headphones on. I, it's or always a... my earbud in, right. blinking from my ear, just saying, can't hear you. Right. Don't even bother. <laughs> I mean... You will, if you're gonna, but... Mm. What fictional place would you most like to go? Fictional place. I know what to say right now to make you mad, but it wouldn't really be true. Heaven. Oh, no! <laughs> I actually don't believe it's fictional, so... <laughs> um, there would be two places, I think. Okay. 
One would be Barsoom. Barsoom. I grew up reading... That's Mars, right? Mars. Mars, from the John Carter series. From the John Carter series, and having your brief experience of John Carter, you see how women dress on Barsoom. Oh, you see nice. what things are valued on Barsoom. Yeah, no, it's true. Sword fighting and jumping around and basically mm-hmm. having a merry good time, that, that kind of thing. And also... It's um, like Valhalla. Right, <laughs> it's just like fighting, jumping, maidens, monsters. It's a lot of fun. The other place would be actually also, um, I think, Maple Whiteland, which you've never heard of, which is from the Lost World. Oh, uh, which is uh, a plateau in South America that's inhabited by dinosaurs and missing links and all sorts of things, headhunters. So, I mean, that wouldn't be a comfortable place to live, but it would never get boring. What is the most annoying habit that other people have? Like, what's your biggest pet peeve? Talking to me. People keep talking, talking to me to and they don't stop. No. Well, fine then. I'll just go. <laughs> I, I, um, you wanted to do this. Yeah. No, what I mean is, I was a I was a good Sunday school teacher. I taught adults, and one of the things that would drive me up the wall is that people would ask me on my, you know, at the church picnic or when I was all sorts of like really spiritually deep questions. And I'm, I don't want to be quoted on this. I don't want people to look me up but as an example. That's like your whole deal. Well, you don't get paid for it though. Right. I, <laughs> I'm on a break. Yeah, it was impossible to get a break. When people start looking up to you, they don't ever stop. Stop. I really thought you were going to say something else. Like what? Maybe you're not experiencing things like people clipping their nails in public. Because I know that you're not a mm-hmm. big fan of the germs. No, no, But, no. yeah, no, maybe you're not because you're not on the bus all the time. So that's good. I'm glad. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm gl- well, when I was on the bus, there were it was crazy. What is your favorite beverage? Coca-Cola. So good. <laughs> what pets did you have when you were growing up? I had a newt. A newt? A newt with a speckled orange belly. Aww. And he lived in a fish tank, and newts actually are intelligent animals that live very long time. Oh, do they? So he lived 15 years with me. Are they wet? They're, yes. They, they're sort of I like salamanders. I did say the other word. I said, are they moist? No. <laughs> Yeah, and he lived in a fish tank, mostly on top of a rock. At one point, uh, we tried to put him in a fish tank with fish, and he ate one. Um, yeah. Right. Thanks, guys. <laughs> but for the most part, he was it was just a very interesting con- companion, I think. We had dogs. We had a dog named Penny, who, as we speak, is buried 50 feet away from us in our yard. Hi, Penny. Um, and that dog was bought almost a week or two after I was born. Oh, wow. And lived until she was 13. And you had then, fowl, too, didn't you? Yes. Well, yeah, because um, the house that we're recording in right now, the, the fireplace recording that we're doing, the backyard, my dad grew up in a, a tobacco plantation in Puerto Rico. My mom grew up on a one-and-a-half-acre farm outside of Los Angeles. So between the two of them, they wanted to relive their childhoods by having a yard full of geese, ducks, uh, several dogs, Chicken. Chickens. Chickens. Oh, oh, at least a dozen chickens at any given time. And uh, we would get fresh eggs in the morning. Yay. And uh, there were rabbits, too. But, uh, yeah, so I was just used to being surrounded by animals. I got really used to it. I kind of but yours it. was the newt. What was his name? He didn't have a name. You didn't name your pet? No, I didn't for this reason. 
I kept naming pets who then very promptly died. Oh. So I was I felt like there curse. was a curse. If I gave him a name, he would die instead. Was it super hard to name your child? Um, no, when it came to a child, I had like names saved up for ages. Okay, but you weren't afraid like and you were going to curse him. No, no, okay. <laughs> probably because I had no intention of him living in a fish tank uh, on uh, my desk. There's so. that. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, who is your go-to band or artist when you can't decide something to listen to? Or an Apple. Thing. Oh, okay. No, mind you. It's going to be Al Green. The White Stripes. Hmm. Al Green. Um, the Reverend Al Green. Uh, which is really fun. But what I like about Fiona Apple is that she understands the complexity of being a little bit left. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Which was really one of the a really fun experiences being taken to a concert. I did it. Yes, you did for my birthday. And watching her go through a set having pulled her hair over her face so she didn't have to see the audience. What age do you wish you could permanently be? Um, this one. Oh, nice. I don't necessarily need to be young because that just got me in trouble. What is this one? <laughs> How old I are you, dude? <laughs> 47 years old. Okay. And so, so we could call it a 45 and make it a nice right. round number. Yeah, but I'm still... I'm still physically very strong yeah. and very healthy, except for not sleeping. Yeah. Well. Um, and I also feel like I've eased into not making rash decisions and being clever about things. And maybe as I get older, I'll be even better at that. But, um, but yeah, I kind of like this. I feel comfortable with myself. What TV show or movie do you refuse to watch? Uh, there's a lot of those. I only have one answer. <laughs> What's yours? Oh, the human centipede situation. Well, there's a, anything like that. I don't need it in my life. I can't unsee it. I was a film student, so I saw a lot of films. And then privately, just out of like the enthusiasm. You watch it. movies a lot. And you watch movies in a way that I can't, which mm -hmm. is literally in five to ten minute bursts. Right. and it I cannot follow a structure that way. I... If, if I break a movie up, it has to be mm -hmm. into like equal halves, right. or I have lost all the threads, and we have to do them. Well, that was a learned skill too, because we would sit there and watch these sort of moments out of a movie, and we have to stop it and go, okay, now what is Orson Welles doing here? Mm, okay. And so my son has Asperger's, or is the Asperger's spectrum, so we learned to watch movies that way too, because it became overwhelming for him to process right. everything at the same time. Okay. So it really worked for me because I would sit here and study a shot for a long time. Right. Like the opening of a. Um, Touch of Evil with one, one long that unbroken one, tape. Yeah. And you're sitting there watching it and you can analyze it. I can sit there watching the same thing over and over again. Because it, I do get, I have a touch of synesthesia. Yeah. And so there's things that are really hard for me to process. So visually, it, 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 it's sometimes an effort for me to concentrate and focus on the thing. Because there's so much going around the peripheries. Right. But you also are really good at just holding on to plot threads. Right. I have, yeah, that was Even one thing. Even when it seems like you're not watching a thing, you'll know exactly what's going on. It's very impressive. Well, thank you. There are some German films that were uh, exploitation films from the 70s that people recommend to me that I just won't watch. They're horrible. Are they like, what do you mean by German exploitation? Like, well, because like the thing is there's a... Snuffy or like... There is a move to offend the audience or to shock their sensibilities. Like Hanukkah? Right. Okay, he's not he's neither German nor French, but but I mean no, following that line of yeah, thinking, but yeah, where you're going to be forced to watch a ten minute rape scene. Yep. Nope. 
you know, no, that's like I, I I'm don't go need ahead to and see get that. off here. I don't need right. that. And, and or to see innocent people abused. I'm not going to yeah. watch this Serbian film. I'm not going to watch. Right. Yeah. There's just some things I don't need to see because again, it's going to affect me. Even and I, I I don't understand how people can watch things like that. Some of the Italian exploitation from the '70s too was just too much. I saw one or two that I thought I wish I hadn't seen that mm. because I can't, like you say, I can't sponge it away. So uh, it's the stuff I've watched. I remember seeing part of Carnival of Souls when I was a kid, and I must have been seven or eight years old. Mm-hmm. I didn't know the name of the movie. I didn't know anything about it. I just saw those weird, creepy black and white images of a woman driving alone on the freeway. Mm-hmm. To this day, driving or being a passenger at night freaks me out. Oh, that's good to know. I think I showed you that film. It's a very lonely road. She's traveling at night, and the face appears in the rearview mirror. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, I've seen it. The yeah. fact that that image in itself stayed with me since I was mm-hmm. seven or eight, a lot of that stuff, I remember the first film I ever saw. My first memory is watching King Kong fight a Tyrannosaurus, the original film. And that was that, of course, affected the rest of my life. So I know that watching or, yeah, you, you don't, images, you're not watching passively. You're watching actively, right. even yeah, and it's gonna and it's gonna stay there. with me forever. So yeah, I don't. I, there's some stuff I just really avoid. What is your favorite book or series? One of my favorite books that I've ever read. I'm gonna go with fiction. Okay. Oh yeah, that's fair. Excuse yeah, me. you can uh, narrow it down. And I'm kind of, my favorite would be um, The Lost World by Arthur Conan Doyle. Because that was the first book where I remember reading where I just got divorced from reality and got lost in it. Uh-huh. But in terms of a piece of literature that I really, really loved, it was either Les Miserables mm-hmm. or um, Bleak House by Charles Dickens. Mm-hmm. And do you prefer the books to the adaptations that you've I, The thing is, I've seen several good adaptations of both of them. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I like the fact that I was able to approach the, um, like, Bleak House and Les Miserables. I really wasn't familiar with too many of the film adaptations before, and I have become since. Mm-hmm. Because I really wanted those pictures in my head, my own pictures. And with any adaptation of Les Miserables, there are so many characters. Mm-hmm. They're going to cut They're some. going to cut them off. They're going to, you know, that was my complaint about the musical, the villain Thénardier is so much worse and so much more horrible in the book. And they make him kind of a, you know, a goof. Well, yeah, in the, in a the scene where he's robbing corpses and he's hiding in the, the sewer and he comes up from, and he's covered in human waste. And he's just the most monstrous image. And you, you can't do that. You can't really... No, they, they needed him to be the light. Right. Light element in this very kind of serious drama. But the bishop was one of my favorite characters, the bookseller in Les Miserables. So in terms of literature, but... The Lost World is such a fun book. It is absolutely... There's some issues that I would have with it now. I mean, I can't really... There's some books you can't recommend. I, I um, That's in one of my stories. Is there like language or... Um, there are... Conan Doyle, H.G. Wells, who was one of my favorite writers mm-hmm. ever, they both indulged in a lot of the kind of theories about ethnology that they had at oh, the time. Okay. So there's still this sort of notion about uh, colonialism and helping Negroes along to achieve their best, which happens. And it's just sort of thrown out casually. I can't do a lot of Rudyard Kipling for that same reason. I can't take it. But but yeah, one of the others would be The Island of Dr. Moreau by H.G. Wells, Mm -hmm. which is a really big thinking book, but it's couched in these terms that make it really readable. really, yeah. (laughs) It's very deep. All right. What question would you most like to know the answer to? 
why people make decisions that are not in their own best interest sometimes. That's fair. I would really like to know why the smartest woman I know hooks up with the most vile man that I know. I would like to know why, what motivates a person to do something out of some sort of sense of compassion that just ruins everyone's lives around them, you know? Uh, that kind of thing. It's like, what does it? I remember reading about, oh uh, God, the head of the Westboro Church. Uh-huh, the Phelps family. Right, Fred Phelps. Yeah. yeah. When he was when he died, he was being eulogized by people who remembered him as a champion for civil rights. And that was my big question. Well, what happened? Something turned in his yeah, head well, at some yeah. point and he became just... Um, yes, yes, that I, whole thing got poisoned. Odious, what? ophidian human being. And I'm like, what was it? What is that thing that turns people? I mean, yeah, that, that makes me really curious. Hitler is a failed artist. Uh, Charles Manson is a you know, would-be singer-songwriter. Something happened that turns that brain, and then suddenly there's no turning back. Right. And you're going, what was it? That really, because... Not, I understand that some people might do it out of the sense, well, I don't want that to happen to me, but in my case, it's more like, no, there was a switch, and it got flipped, and what happened to flip that switch? Right. And how can we keep it from happening to right. anyone? To not anyone. just right. me, but like all Because when I was a kid, the there was still like, you know, Nana wisdom about don't fall and hit your head because things... And, People have had that experience. Yeah, there's radio labs about people right. who like wake up from a concussion and can play a piano. The story that really fascinated me was uh, a guy named um, Palmer, who was he was he had received a really strong electrical shock while working in a factory, mm-hmm. and he became convinced after that there were people who lived in the center of the earth who were sending him messages. That wasn't Palmer; it was Shaper. And uh, Palmer was the editor of Amazing Stories, and he took a lot of this guy's rants that he would write into the magazine and fictionalized them. And it became this whole mystery about a lost kingdom at the center of the earth. And it kept, it was really, it's really fascinating stuff. But the amount of detail this man gave, mm-hmm. it's really explicit stories. And what was even stranger was once it started being published in Amazing Stories, people were writing in and claiming that they had similar experiences with people from the center of the earth. And it became this kind of mass delusion that started from this guy receiving wow. an electrical shock. Like it's a the very, UFO. Oh, yes, UFOs from the center of the earth, the whole thing. And it was really bizarre. And I, I'm sure I'm getting some of the details of it wrong because uh, it was a long time since I did a lot of research into the subject. But the fact that, again, this whole interior world was opened up that somehow connected with other people because he received an electrical shock. Right. That interests me. Catalysts. Hinges, not doors. What did you think you would grow out of but haven't? Um, what I thought that I would grow out of... You know, I don't think I'd... No? No, because people have told me what they thought I would grow out of. They thought I would grow out of dinosaurs. And you were like, no, I love them. No, I love dinosaurs. <laughs> Fuck you, it's all <laughs> heart and soul love, well, and you need to back up off it. One of the... I think qualities that I have that I wish I didn't have sometimes is the fact that I can never go halfway with things. No, you're all in and you're what all in I love, forever. I love with all I of my heart. I go all in and then I drop it in a Right. <sighs> with everything. And so it's made relationships difficult because I just wind up getting trampled on sometimes. Oh. But um, that's why I keep a distance from people that way. That is. <laughs> better at it. What stereotype do you completely live up to? Um, I really thought it was going to be a quick thing. 
I, thought, I literally thought you were going to just be like, let him love her. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not something you want to say about yourself. But it's a joke. No. You, if you said it the way I said it, yes. it would have been acceptable. You're right. If you meant it, that's right. gross. And, and you're weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Well, you are allergic to corn and you don't eat beans, so. Yes, and, you know. And your dancing is not ideal, dude. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I love Jesus and I took care of my mother. So those are stereotypes I lived up to. There you go. What is one of your favorite smells? I like the smell of vanilla. Okay. But I also really like um, are sweet you wise pea. Of, oh, that's my favorite. That's my right. birth flower. If you had to change your name, what would you change it to? Fucking anything that could be spelled by a normal human being. <laughs> well, yeah, how love you all was not... Yeah, I've lived with that one my whole life. I was about to say cabal. Um, yeah, no, that seems right. <laughs> I, uh, That's 100% the right answer. Right? So if there was a right answer, I, I like that. I, I lifted it. I had watched um, The Shape of Things to Come, which was a film from the quarters in the 30s, and it's the uh, the only film that has a screenplay, I think, the only film that has a screenplay written by H.G. Wells, where he wrote it himself. Mm. And uh, the, the, it follows generations of a family. One's the Passworthy and one's the, the Cabals. I just fell in love with the name. I saw that movie when I was like 12. And it stayed with me. If you had a personal flag, what would be on it? This is a very Roman Mars question. Flag of Terabithia. <laughs> Nothing crushes us. There we go. That's right. Nothing crushes us. So it's a winged foot, a pencil, and a sword. Nothing crushes us. That would be my flag. I thought you were going to say Gojira. I think that. Yes, I, I don't know. Gojira is. There's a reason why this is a personal role model, because it exemplifies that nothing crushes us, right? Yeah. And that was a. And as a kid, I was really small and really skinny, and I got bullied a lot. And so, what I admired about Gojira was the idea that you simply walk through things and nothing bothers you. Mush, mush, mush. And so, as I've gotten older, even with like instances that happen today, <laughs> sitting in the parking lot. You have to learn how to just let things bounce off of you and keep moving. And occasionally set things on fire with your breath. So Because <laughs> you have to. It's building up. Right. That was my last question. Oh, well, thank you. That was a lot of fun. You were is done. That it? We, we've been Are done. we doing the closing? Hey, guys, this is a weird episode. You can subscribe for other weird episodes, maybe. <laughs> I don't well, know. Yeah. Are we going to do this all the time? Are we well, ever no, I thought it was going to be... I'm sure that there'll be other odd programs. I just thought at this yeah. point we might want to... There needs to be an introduction to us. Um, an intro to us. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. So we're the latecomers. Latecomerspod at gmail.com at latecomerspod Twitter. Twitter. I don't know why I said it so weird. And we thank you for listening to this weird little episode. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye.